PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. We have a special treat for you. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, NFL Network, Fox Sports. Brian Baldinger joins the program now and during the season. Baldy, thank you so much. First time here on PHNX Cardinals. Welcome. Yes, my pleasure, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, weekly conversation here and um, getting all things Arizona Cardinals talked about here and see, um, you know, if we can figure out a way for this team to finish games because they certainly have started like gangbusters two weeks in a row. And I'm just waiting for them right now, you know, to maybe it starts this week against Dallas. I don't know. It's a good team, but who knows? Um, you know, see if they can figure out a way to finish these games. I mean, that's what we've been hearing from the coaching staff the last couple of days. You know, got to learn how to finish. We got to learn how to finish in Baldy. I mean, that's easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, I, I know you don't want to relinquish a 20 to nothing halftime lead and 28 to seven like they did. But I mean, this is part of the process, isn't it? Well, the way that you finish games is you continue to make plays. I mean, you know, Connor's popping these 20 yard runs in the first half. And Joshua Dobbs, you know, takes a scramble up the middle and he's in the end zone. And, you know, they're clicking and defensively they're getting off the field. And, you know, and Daniel Jones and the run, like, they're not happening. And then that first play of the third quarter, the Giants go, they're like, okay, we're going to max this up. We're going to strike. We're going to get, we're going to get one on the board. We got to score one before we score five, you know, and it kind of started to turn on. But that's the key is to stay aggressive and then to continue to, to, to really um, not just produce, but execute at a very high level where those runs, you can continue to do that. And that's what they weren't able to do. Those 20-yard runs became one-yard runs. And then the penalties and sound, those things, you know, started to happen. They started backing up, and they couldn't regain the momentum they had in that first half. I think the frustration, Baldy, internally, Cardinal fans, we got 83 in the chat, loving the Baldy breakdown, of course, <laughs> is the Cardinals came into this season favored in no games. The expectations could not be lower. Yet, when you watch the tape each of these first two weeks, it certainly doesn't look like a team planning on phoning it in in 2023. I, I heard all of it. I heard all, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they are going to um, just tank. Like, I've heard all of it, right? So I said, okay, well, let's just see if what tank looks like. And I put on the Washington game last week, probably like Monday night or maybe Tuesday morning, I put it on. And I'm like, ain't nobody tanking on this team. Nobody. <laughs> Josh not tanking. Like, Zayvon Collins ain't tanking. Like, I go through the whole list of players. Jalen Thompson's not tanking. Like, I didn't see anybody. In fact, I saw a Jonathan – in fact, I made a video that I put up. I actually tagged the Philadelphia Eagles. Because they never saw this from Jonathan Gannon. Maybe he just had so much talent, he didn't feel like he had to. And maybe because he doesn't have Eagle talent right now, as they start to build this thing, you know, maybe this is what he felt like he needed to do. But Eagle fans were like, well, now, you know, we lose the Super Bowl, now he does this. You know, like they were clamoring for this. But I, I saw an aggressive team. I saw really good sound, good hard-hitting blitzes. I saw good hitting, tackling. I saw a good looking football team week one. And then, you know, really for the first 30 minutes against the giants, I can't remember a giant team being that dominated like that. You know, I know the week before against Dallas, but they, they look every bit as bad against Arizona against Dallas. 
And then you break down the comeback in your, one of your Baldy breakdowns. You can find that that clip on YouTube. It's really fantastic stuff, in-depth things. And it's more geared towards Giants fans for the most part. But if you're watching as a from a Cardinals fan perspective, you can kind of see where things fell apart. When we look at this defense that gives up five scores on five drives in the second half, including four touchdowns, and it probably would have been a fifth if they didn't just try to run the clock out and, and they kicked the field goal. But when you look at it, was it more a schematic issue? Was it a uh, execution issue? In your opinion, what do you think was the, the biggest uh, issue that led to them relinquishing that lead? Well, they got big plays. They got big chunk yeah. plays, 70 yards, Jalen Hyatt and, 50 yards, you know, I mean, down the field, they hit Slayton, they hit uh, Hyatt, they hit Waller. And they they really, like, you know, they've got a, a, a first-time right guard playing. They got a backup left tackle playing. You know, I mean, they're they're trying to, like, help these kids out. They started going to max protection, play action. Daniel Jones stepped into his throws. Like, they played like they're capable of playing. They've got good firepower at the receiver position. And they they – they started hitting on those on those routes down the field and they flipped field position very quickly. And, you know, then they got they kind of got the running game going a little bit. Not great, but they got it going. Daniel Jones ran for those third down runs, third and 13. He's running for 15, you know, and so they didn't account for him in the in, in the run game the way I think they fourth should have. 11. That was a backbreaker. Yeah, 11, they get 12 yards like those. You know, that should be a turnover like Daniel Jones shouldn't go. They've got decent speed on defense. Like, you got to account for him. They used to, you know, outside of Justin Fields last year, he ran for more yards than any quarterback in the NFL. Like, he's a good runner. And a lot of those weren't, you know, like the touchdown was a design run. It was a read option. They didn't scheme that up right. So he walks into the end zone 14 yards. But a lot of those scrambles, third down, fourth down, that's just him using that ability. And they didn't really account for him. And that, to me, was a big error. So Josh Dobbs comes in, Baldy. He has about a week and a half of practice and, and promptly looks rusty against the commanders Then comes out this past weekend and looks pretty good, especially in the first half against the Giants. Now, drinking the Kool-Aid here, you know, 72 hours later, you know, can he potentially keep them in games and, and God forbid, win them a game while Kyler Murray is out? Or is this a scenario in which it's going to be a roller coaster ride with a guy who's had his cup of coffee in the NFL, minimal experience starting, like our team's going to be able to, to figure him out for lack of a better term? Well, I know Josh on a different level. Like I did a, a business deal with him when he was in Pittsburgh. And found out he's this aeronautical engineer. He's like this Mensa. Like, he's he's smarter than all of our brains put together. Now, that doesn't ensure anything. You know, you might yeah. be able to figure out mathematical formulas, but it doesn't complete passes. But I do think he's a very quick study. I think he, you know, he's got, like, um, this instant memorization ability to just see things and have, like, it's a high Q thing. Like, I think he can see things, and he knows where people are at. So, like, he did that at Tennessee last year, and he played pretty good when he got a chance to play. Um, you know, he hasn't played a lot of football since he's been in. He's been out of the league and out, you know, different teams. But he came in here, and they basically said, you're our guy. And I think once he got the support of Gannon and the offensive staff, like, he, he felt like, okay, it's I can do this for as long as they let me do this, you know? And so, or at least until Kyler returns or whatever. But I think he's just – one of those guys that's like, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. 
Like I played well at Tennessee. I played decent in spot duty, Pittsburgh, Tennessee here. Like, let me run with this. And sometimes you never know what a guy can do till they get an op- a real opportunity, not a quarter or finish a game, but a real opportunity. And so maybe they see something in the meeting rooms, the walkthroughs, like the way that he communicates. You know, he's a very um, basically calm guy. He's not real mm-hmm. emotional. Um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes, you know, you need that. But, like, I think from, from just a standpoint of let's execute the play, I think he's good at that and, and knowing where to go and what to do. And that's not a bad place to start. You know, that's, that's better than saying we're just going to throw a guy out there to tank, you know, and to help the season. Like, he's playing – he plays pretty good in the first two games. Yeah, I mean, he, he's Nostradamus as well. As smart as he is, he said, I'm going to make a jump from week one to week two. He absolutely did that. And then we were talking today, Baldy, and he said, hey, we got next thing we need to figure out is how to finish some games. You kind of gave us an idea of what finishing looks like for them. But just looking at Dobbs' complete tape, what do you think? I mean, we saw some throws. I don't think we knew Dobbs had in his arsenal on Sunday. We saw the versatility. What do you think mainly about that big touchdown run? I thought that was fantastic where he drops back to pass. He sees the open field and then he lowers his shoulder to get into the end zone. I mean, Dobbs, I mean, mobility, smarts. What, what can he show in week three the first time he's going to make three consecutive starts in his career? Well, I didn't know he had that in him. I didn't, I didn't know he had that type of athletic ability and then to finish that run 23 yards in the end zone like that. I didn't know he could do that. So, but you know, you don't know anything until a guy starts playing and you start looking at him. You know, the Cowboys will account for him right now. You know, somebody is going to account for him on third downs and when they're in man coverage and guys are turning their backs and running with, with Hollywood and, and Zach and some of the guys, you know, um, Rondale, whatever, like they're going to, they got to have somebody account for him now. So that, that might change what Dan Quinn does a little bit. They've got tremendous team speed in Dallas uh, windows open, but they close very quickly. The jets found that out. Um, the big thing I think this week is not to let what happened in that jets game against Dallas or that giants game against Dallas where things can snowball very quickly. Like you can't turn the ball. You can't turn it over. And everybody says that you can't turn it over. Well, you got to be aggressive, though. You know, like, honestly, Jalen Thompson's interception goes right through the hands of Saquon Barkley. Like, you don't expect that. But those things can happen both sides. It can happen both ways. But, you know, Jalen got the pick, and, you know, it was a big part of that first half. But, you know, they can't afford to do those kind of things. And when they get to Dallas, because I think they're going to get there, they got to get them to the ground. They can't let this ball come out late. Jake Ferguson or to CD, like they got to get to it to get them down on the ground. This season, while they are attempting to win games, you know, they're projected for just over four and a half this season, Baldy, is I think more so about evaluation, evaluation of, of talent that was here during the Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime era, evaluation of these prospects they drafted back in April. Is there a young player on this team? either side of the ball that has impressed you jumped off the tape each of these first two weeks, whether it's Paris Johnson jr. At right tackle. I know you're a big Zayvon Collins fan. He transitions from inside to an edge rusher, somebody that, that you have liked for this team. Cause I mean, frankly, we talk about it all the time. They are starved for star players. They don't have those quintessential household names anymore. Parsons has been impressive at right tackle. He's been impressive. I mean, he's going to see my out there now. 
You find out a lot about him. He's going to see Nick Bosa the following week. He's going to see Trey Hendrickson. He's going to see three elite guys. Now, the question is, if he gets beat, what's the mental What's the mental part? Does he go in the tank? Does he erase it? Come back? Learn from the mistake? If that happens. Uh, but it's, it's probably going to happen against some of these elite guys he's going to see out there. Um, I want us to kind of see that. But, you know, he, he acts, obviously, you know, he's very athletic and, you know, he's very smart. Um, but I, I saw some things at Ohio State where some of the things that these guys he's going to see can give him problems. Bosa has unusual power. Like he hasn't seen that in college. He hasn't seen the first two weeks either. Like maybe Montez sweat at times, but like this is different type of power. And then nobody moves like Micah. So I, you know, it's, it's great test as you, begin the evaluation process, let's watch them against these elite guys. And let's really make an evaluation of Paris. Because I think he's, he's good. I mean, does he end up taking over for DJ at left? That might happen. I don't know. But that's something that you're always thinking about. He played left. Uh, he played guard. He played tackle in college. So he's lined up at left. But DJ's there. So he's at right right now. But anyways, like, that's an evaluation. I think Gardeck is a good player. I just mm-hmm. always have thought he was a good player. Um, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm watching Zayvon on the outside. I see power. It's, it's a completely different position. I see him moving around a little bit. It's a different position than what he's played. But he was, he was a guy that didn't get off blocks good in the run game as an inside mm. linebacker. He didn't use his hands well. Um, you know, he was always the biggest kid, you know, level. He's just bigger and stronger than everybody. So he never had to use his hands to disengage and get off blocks. And he looked like he was – he didn't know how to do it with you. Yeah. And so let him come – let him run. Let him go for the interception last week. That's good. You know, tip ball, get the interception. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, this, this, this has a chance to – you know, I mean, I, I, I'd give him a shout-out there and see what he does. I mean, throughout training camp, throughout preseason, I mean, Zayvon's out there on the sideline doing all the hand technique stuff. I mean, because you can tell it's it's all kind of foreign to him as far as that hand fighting that you see from pass rushers. Last question for our guy, Ryan Balding, or Baldy. He's going to join us once a week here on PHNX Cardinals. We're pumped about that. These Nick Rollis, 30-year-old defensive coordinator, this prodigy, and just looking at some of these formations that he's setting up or the calls that he's putting in there, I mean, there's some looks, Baldy. You saw it against Washington. You saw it against New York. No defensive linemen. There's no defensive linemen on the field. It's all you know, outside backers. It's all inside backers. Have you ever seen that before? No, but I, I, but I know, I, I, you know, Nick was a 26-year-old position coach. You know, like he... He just has a good mind for the game. And it didn't surprise me that Jonathan got him out of Philly and took him because right now, honestly, the Eagles linebackers look completely lost. Like, they're lost, and it's going to be a problem. And I think losing Nick is a big part of that, to be honest with you. The guy can flat-out coach. Now, calling a game is different than coaching a position group and all that, and everybody learns. But you got to be impressed by some of the free hitters that they've gotten to these quarterbacks, the way that they have tackled I think has been pretty good. Um, coverage is always something that everybody's dealing with at, at, because of what you got to do in this league and who you got to cover. That's always something that you're working on. Communication is huge. But I forgot that Nick is all 30 years old now. You know? <laughs> like he's actually a grown up. Like I knew him, I, I did a, a, a football camp with him with high school kids maybe like four years ago and I got to know him 
we stayed in touch, texted back and forth. And he was coming to Philly, you know, when, when um, Nick Sirianni came to be the linebacker coach. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let, let's see what a 26 year old can do. And he was, he was damn good. Well, I, real quick, like I, I'm sure Philadelphia is not pleased. I mean, the tampering charges against Jonathan Gannon, Monty Austin for that happened. I wonder too, like, that's probably the next defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, Nick Rollis, if Gannon doesn't take him with him. I mean, or certainly he's in contention for that job. Well, they, they went outside the organization to go get, you know, uh, Sean Desai, um, who's a disciple of Vic Fangio and all this stuff. But Nick, I don't think there's any question that Nick would have been elevated to defensive coordinator if Gannon didn't take him with him and give him the title and all that stuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure because they hired Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach, to be the offense coordinator. I'm sure Nick wanted to keep as much familiarity with what helped them get to the Super Bowl, lead the league in sacks, all the stuff that they did last year. Um, I'm sure that he that would have been the hire. I've got a brand new favorite segment of the week. It's when Brian Boldanger, Baldy joins us each and every week here on PHNX Cardinals. Make sure you're following along at Baldy NFL. Unbelievable insight that you're going to get on this podcast each and every week. Baldy, thank you so much for your time this week. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully after Cardinals beat the Cowboys in week three. Well, that will shock and awe the NFL. <laughs> All right. That, that, you know, and then, you know, then you go, you know, go to San Francisco and knock the 49ers off and just, you know, get on it, get on a tear. Who knows? Speak Thanks, all language. See you next week. Okay, guys, you bet. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Unmatched. You're not going to find analysis like that uh, anywhere else. Baldy brings it each and every week, no matter if he's on him with the NFL network, whether it's his Baldy breakdowns, uh, it's, it's the best you can find. Uh, and it's, and it's right here with all sitting PH and X. Our leadership in the chat, getting it done. Saul Espo, Brandon at uh, all city. I mean, just, Hey, you're going to have Brian Baldinger on once a week. Oh, really? Okay, great. Is this, it's like, I'm like 12 years old watching NFL network, but this is PH and X Cardinals. So, uh, and it's, it's well, he's not, here. he's not that old. Don't say that you've been watching well, NFL you know, right? since you were 12. You know. May 8, 22 years old. <laughs> yeah, Everybody, exactly. it, it, he's fantastic. Um, and hopefully we get to talk to him about Kyler Murray eventually this season. We're going to talk about K1 here in a hot minute. Um, so the Cardinals, not sure if you guys are familiar with BetMGM. Of course you are. 12-point dog. So that line's kind of maneuvering around 13, 12. Right now, though, we can hook you up. You want to do a parlay pick with our friends at BetMGM? How about Bet10? Get 20. Sign up with that bonus code PHNX. I'm going to tell you right now, I like the under in the Cardinals game, same game parlay. And, I, you know, there's some money to be made on the Cards money line. I don't know if I'm going to I'm going to dabble yet, but I'm looking for some plus money. Zach Ertz, anytime touchdown parlayed with the under. Yes, please place your first bet with BetMGM wager through the sportsbook mobile application of your choosing. Ten bucks, get 200. Super easy. Again, you can go to BetMGM.com and use that bonus code PHNX. But you got to deposit at least 10 bones to get the 200. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our guy, Shane Diefenbach, talk about it in the disclaimer. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. 
It was a beautiful overcast day here in the Valley of Sun. I think anybody, everybody would sign up for that, but I still, I I busted out my shady rays because there's not a day that goes by that I'm not wearing premium polarized sunglasses from our friends over at shady rays gear built to last. And of course, if you, if they get busted up, if you lose them, they have the no question asked. They'll replace your Shady Rays as well. Uh, you can't go wrong with Shady Rays. The price point, well under 100 bucks. Find out for yourself what 250,000 people have rated five stars. Go online, ShadyRays.com. Check out their entire product line. And then pick out two or more pairs of your favorite sunglasses from Shady Rays and save yourself 50% when you purchase them by using the promo code PHNX. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code PHNX to get 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized shades from Shady Rays. Use that promo code and uh, you won't regret making the switch to our friends over at Shady Rays. AZ fan, 1998, friend of the program, always coming up clutch. Super chat, $2, perfect transition, my guy or gal. Kyler Murray time is coming. Bring it, baby. Is it coming? Well, we got a little clue today. Unprompted, Bo Brock. Kyler Murray took to social media. See, sometimes you have to be crafty, right? Because, you know, I have the notifications turned on for Twitter when Kyler tweets. Don't judge me. Certainly the the scrubbing of the Instagram once upon a time. It's on my radar. Notifications on there. My man's been active on TikTok. He posted the following on TikTok earlier today, and I'm just going to let his comments speak for us. Yeah, so we've got the audio turned down. And so because I, I, for our, our listeners out here, I tore my ACL eight months ago. This is the only major injury I've had. This is Kyler. He's back in the lab like Johnny at Curves in South <laughs> Come on. I've never missed a game like this. I'm itching to get back. He's doing some uh, some sumo squats there, it looks like. Johnny, when was the last time you did a squat? Legs aren't important. You learn a lot about yourself in these types of moments. The guy Sean DePaz is doing some lunges in here. You're all crazy. Uh, as Kyler Murray's TikTok continues, speaking to his fan base, to those of you who ride with me, support me, speak up for me, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. I won't let us down. And that's not it. Puts down the weight. Yeah, this is this is what we like to call the ultimate tease. Soon, what does soon mean? Well, I mean, I don't think it means later. I don't think it means all season. (laughs) I'm not going to be back all season. I think soon means soon, and I take that as I'm gonna I'm gonna be um, uh, aggressively optimistic here. I think soon means I'm coming off pup in two weeks. That's what I think soon means. Now, I don't know if that means I'm playing against the Cincinnati Bengals in two weeks because uh, that's only one week of practice. But pup time, let's check that box. Let's remove old K1. That's what I think it means. Bo, you might have a difference of opinion. I mean, the dic- dictionary definition of soon is just in or after a short time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to drop a soon and, uh, you know, there, there's so many Twitter doctors and, and rehab specialists out there looking at this video and saying, well, it doesn't look like it's going to be soon. I mean, Kyler Murray, I think he already, he always walks with a little hitch in his giddy up anyways. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt as soon as he's eligible to return from pup that he's activated and then the window opens, right? Then you've got a 21 day window right. to work with and, and make a decision on when you want to truly put him on the active roster. 
Uh, I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, this was a guy that, you know, said back before training camp began, Hey, don't put me on any lists. Don't count me out. Right. And he didn't want to be counted out. And then he, he remained on pup uh, once the regular season began. And, and that took him out the first four weeks and you start reaching these checkpoints and, and I think that the organization, no doubt about it, is going to utilize the smoke screen as much as they can at when Kyler Murray is going to return. And, and you know, you can say if he's eligible to come back week five, I'm still skeptical that that could happen. But can he be activated? Can he get back practicing in some capacity and back out there on the field? I think that's a, a certain possibility. Uh, Arizona animal Johnny counts uh, running his leg day. You bet your sweet ass I do. Uh, <laughs> it's leg day. Uh, folks are saying soon six to seven weeks into the season. I think that's kind of always been the timeline, right? Like once we knew after the Dobbs trade, which was very much a precursor to okay, we're putting him on pup. It was like okay, minimum four weeks, but more realistically, he's never taken a snap from Yelda Froldholt that I know, mm -hmm. like in a live practice. That's a problem, right? We saw it with Dobbs week one that led to the fumble against the commanders to change the game. It's little cadences like that. Like, I have no doubt he knows the playbook, right? He knows some of the tendencies from his guys, Rondell and Hollywood, but just integrating him under, like, a big part of this, he's never played under center before. Right. And he's going to, like, have two and a half practices and be ready to go. It's a two tight end offense. I love this offense. We're going to talk about why I think it's on the rise here in a little bit on the show, but. I think minimum two weeks of, of full practice and, and that would lead him to be back in week seven on the road. I have no issue with that. Anytime in, in October, I think Cardinal fans would sign up for it. I know a lot of people have been kicking around like November. I, I don't, I don't see that. I think he, he mentioned it in the video. It's been eight months. We're almost to, to nine months here. They Dobbs playing well this week and next week will make it easier to be patient with K one if Dobbs reverts back against two elite defenses, like he looked in week one against the commanders and there's mm -hmm. turnover, then there will be pressure. You talked about that pressure last week leading up to the Giants game. If Dobbs wets the bed against the Giants and people are clamoring for Clayton Toon, which good hell, that's not the answer right now. Maybe it'll expedite Kyler Murray's comeback. I wonder too internally if, if let's say Dobbs comes out, has another no turnover game and they're very competitive. Like, again, I think that plays a part in this. I know Ky like, cause I'm not, I'm going to be Frank. Like Kyler Murray's not good enough right now with this roster at full strength to beat the Dallas Cowboys this weekend without some breaks, same thing going to Santa Clara and beating the 49ers. And I know it's not all about the wins and losses, but mm -hmm. that has to play a part in that. Whereas like Damon dog, can we pull up our schedule real quick? Like, look at this meat in the middle of the schedule, this soft landing space for the Arizona Cardinals, you get through this gauntlet of teams these next three weeks, like very beatable Rams team. I think they're big time frauds. The Seahawks like should be 0-2 right now. Baltimore's good. That'll, that'll be a competitive game. But then like weeks 9 through 12, everything that's going on in Cleveland right now, it, I'm not a believer in Atlanta. Get the hell out of here. The <laughs> Texans are awful. Again, we mentioned the Rams. Like the second half of the Cardinals schedule, let, real talk for a second, the Bears are terrible. I think the Steelers <laughs> are terrible. I, I think the Seahawks are grossly overrated. This is a nice landing spot wherever he falls after week five. But these next three weeks, like, I, I just, I think if Dobbs can be competent again, Bo Brock, there, there should not be an incentive to rush him back. Yeah, it gives you it gives you an opportunity, no doubt, to bring him along slowly. And you made some great points as far as what is going to be maybe the hurdles once he's cleared medically 
uh, and, and football-wise that he's going to have to get up to speed on. Now, I know we don't say Colt McCoy's name a whole lot on this podcast any longer after they cut him, but he had mentioned on the Greenlight podcast when he joined Chris Long way back when, when he was QB1 on this team in the interim, uh, that the footwork was something that was foreign to him in Drew Petzing's offense. And then the under center thing, not just taking snaps from Yelder Foldholt, but Kyler Murray, basically his entire NFL career has been from the shotgun. So just being under center is going to be new to him. And the only way he's going to get better is reps from it. And you don't want to have those first reps be live reps in a, in, a, in an actual game. So I yeah. think you're right. It, it's probably going to be, it's not going to be like Deshaun Watson who got to come back to the facility and practice earlier before his suspension was up and then actually get some time with his teammates where this is, this is going to be Kyler Murray's first opportunity. Like at, on pup, he doesn't get to interact with Yelda Froholt on the field of play no. at all. He doesn't get to take any snaps or anything. He just gets to work on his rehab. Sure, he gets to be in the meeting room. He gets to be in the locker room. But uh, it, it, there is going to be a process as far as him getting back up to speed. It's not like, you know, where the offense that Petsing was the quarterback coach for last year in Cleveland, where you can kind of do that behind the scenes, ease him in before he's activated. So it's it's going to be a process and probably like you'd hope it's it's like Izzy Wolfork, their quarterback coach, didn't he said last week to us on Friday that he didn't think it was going to take too long just because he's getting the mental reps, but it, it, it is going to be like, Hey, you're active, get in there. So, you know, Gannon talked about it as well. He's like, there's, there's two parts of this. There's the, the health standpoint. He needs to get hundred percent healthy. And then there's the football standpoint. And then we'll talk about that. Once the health is kind of checked off. Well, I don't mean to be hypocritical of my original point, but like Josh Dobbs played for this team after like two practices. And again, it wasn't good, but, yeah, but like, he knew the system. Okay. Like I, I think Kyler he, Murray, he, he's working with, he was working with Petsing and he's working with Wolfrook, their quarterback coach from, you know, throughout the off season last year through preseason and into about November before uh, Tennessee picked him up uh, late in the year. But it'd been, it'd been, it'd been like eight months since that. I know he retains information. I, I get that. But I also think like, yes, the transition is going to be difficult for Kyler Murray from, I think this is all health. I, I, I honestly believe like if Kyler Murray, if they're playing a cupcake game at home this weekend, he's healthy. He's going to just say, throw me out there. I can, I can figure it out. Right. But I, I think from a physical standpoint, a muscle memory standpoint of going under center and taking five to seven step drops, that's the biggest hurdle. I, right. I don't, I don't think it's like, well, where's he going to go with the ball and that like, Kyler Murray, I have immense confidence is going to be able to figure that out. He can go through his progressions. He's been stuttering the play, playbook. He's been side to side with, with Drew Petzing and, and JG this entire offseason. I think it's more so, man, ramping up football work. It's rehab and football work are two separate things. Just right. He's in great shape already. He looks phenomenal. We saw him at training camp in the locker room. I mean, he's cut up. He looks exactly the same as last year. But it's the it's the stuff that you can't see that you can't measure. How is that leg, the ACL, the knee going to react when he pivots on it? When he hands the ball off to James Conner? When he has to take off on the run? Right? I'm going to tell you right now, though, and and this is going to be the biggest test these next two weeks. If this offensive line can protect the way they've protected these first two weeks, that bodes incredibly well for Kyler Murray to play well this season. One of yeah, the biggest one of the biggest indictments of this team these first couple of years with Kyler Murray is the offensive line was terrible. It was so bad. And now he's got a chance to join the offense. They've given up three sacks. They didn't give up a sack against the giants. Yeah. 
31 dropbacks, no sacks. It was a, uh, it was a really impressive game for the Arizona Cardinals. And it, like they were facing a top five pick in cave on Thibodeau. And um, you know, there, there was, there was a couple top five picks on that, uh, on that yeah. defensive line for the, for the giants. But regardless, any way you cut it up, it's a positive development for the Arizona Cardinals uh, for, for Kyler Murray, out there posts and it continues to to show the chip on his shoulder, the want, the will to prove everybody wrong and, and show everybody that's been in his corner, uh, you know, make them feel like they were right in, in, in being in Kyler Murray's corner the entire time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very encouraging. And it, uh, you know, I put that clip out there today and overwhelming positive support. I mean, you get the people that talk about call of duty and that BS, but yeah, you know, it's it just, Kyler Murray's going to have his chance. We say it all the time. We'll repeat it to put a staple on this team this year and to make things uncomfortable. If this team wants to go get a quarterback in April, like I, I don't know what's going to happen with Houston. I think CJ Stroud's playing pretty well, but I still expect that pick to be really high. If Kyler Murray wants to force the issue, he's going to have a chance to do that. And if you're, if you're Kyler Murray, Murray, what more can you ask? Like it's a generational quarterback class next April. But if you push your team far enough out of contention and you continue to make the right impression on and off the field, they will stick with Kyler Murray. They will say, we're going to saddle our careers, Austin Ford and Gannon, with this guy. We're going to pay him $45 million. But, I mean, he's got he's got to play well. And I, I can't wait to ask Brian Baldinger when he does play, when he's on our show every single week, like, what do they need to see from Kyler Murray when he comes back, right? The intangible piece is a big part of it, but, like, going through his progressions, what completion percentage does he need to hit? How mm-hmm. comfortable does he need to look? I mean, he's got Dobbs look pretty good this weekend. Like he needs to look much better than Joshua Dobbs. If he looks like Joshua Dobbs at times, then we're going to have some questions to be asked. I don't think he will. I, I think again, this it's a segmented part of the season, right? We're going through it right now. Toughest part of the schedule. You get to that soft spot and you get K one back. I mean, there, there are not too many other franchises I'd want to follow during that time. Just the accuracy it's, it's there. I mean, Josh Dobbs, who made some really good throws, especially on third down in the first half, uh, two of them I can, that stand out to me from, from Michael Wilson. Uh, I, Kyler Murray can make those throws. It, just look back at his highlights. Remember him dropping in the bucket to AJ green on some big plays. Uh, and, he, and he's going to get separation from his receivers. Unlike he's ever had in his NFL yeah. career. I mean, like, Cliff Kingsbury's offense was not based on getting separation. It wasn't at all. Uh, it was like setting up 50, 50 balls and, and hopefully winning those one-on-one matchups. Out where, athlete and people. Yeah. Out athlete um, lean on Kyler Murray. Uh, just have Kyler Murray just go out there and make a play for you where I think that that's where it's going to separate, you know, with, with Josh Dobbs, like Josh Dobbs operationally, like he's operating the system well, but then you've got that next gear, with Kyler Murray and you, you have to, there will have to be some patience preached as well. I mean, coming off the injury that he is and obviously the learning curve from going from a system that he's been running basically since his eighth grade uh, to now um, th- there's going to be some, some, some speed bumps there, but Kyler Murray is, is going to be in a pretty good spot and overall positive for the Arizona Cardinals that soon he's itching to come back and he's itching to come back soon. Uh, according to his latest TikTok. It's Not exciting to do the TikTok, man. I mean, you're just it's, what's his what's on his threads? Anything on threads from Kyler Murray? I can't follow another social media platform <laughs> with K1. Like, I, 
Would you ever watch The Office when they had that YARP where uh, Ryan developed that thing? Woof. Where you, could, you, woof, you could tweet out from yeah. every social network. I need one specific. I need like a mobile device just for Kyler Murray's social accounts. Yeah, anytime uh, Kyler Murray sends a fax, you get uh, you get it sent directly to your to your device. He's crafty, man. And one, he, it's like, oh, you're gonna put, post on Twitter? Nope, it's it's IG. Nope, it's TikTok. Do you think TikTok. Josh Dobbs made him up his TikTok game because Josh Dobbs is so elite in TikTok? I hope not. I hope Josh Dobbs get off, gets off TikTok. Hey, everybody, Josh Dobbs here. We just blew a 28 to 7 lead in the second half. Let me walk you through the locker room right now. Here are my hey, TikTok. It's Joshua fans. Dobbs. We blew a 20, 21 point lead. How did it happen? <laughs> Let's talk to Jonathan Gannon. Hey, coach, what do you. I love Josh that effing phone He's out great. of my face. Yeah, it's great. great. Check out his TikTok. It's good. He's a good laugh. Uh, you can see him in action this weekend. Uh, if you want, if you want some tickets to the game, listen. A big precursor sub bullet of this game is Dallas Cowboys taking over State Farm Stadium. Don't let that happen. Get your tickets right now, Cardinals Cowboys with the game time app. And you're thinking, Johnny, I don't want to pay right now. I want to pay Friday. I want to pay Saturday. Hell, I want to pay Sunday. No worries. Procrastinators are rewarded on your premium ticket <laughs> app. I love Game Time. It's the only place I buy tickets. Period. I deleted all the other apps. I blocked all the other websites. I'm gonna hook you up. Twenty bucks <laughs> off your first purchase with promo code PHNX. Again, I knew somebody last year went to the Saints Cardinals game Thursday night football. Bought tickets same day, like ten rows up, fifty yard line, hundred fifty bucks. I mean. This weekend, I want to see some red and white. Let's support our Cardinals again. I know people are like iffy on season tickets. Just go week to week with Game Time, baby. It's going to save you significant coin. All you got to do, download the Game Time app, create an account, right? Super easy. Use that code PHNX for your first purchase. Uh, again, last minute tickets, lowest prices. You know what they also do on Game Time? I believe they also do parking passes too, which I did not know. So if you're thinking, I want tickets and I want to park in one of the premier lots or I'm fine walking, you can like scout uh, parking pass prices from anywhere from like five bucks to like Two $25, bucks. $30, $2. So Two, I mean, four bucks. That's what I paid. My, my wife went to what? the game last week. Uh, there, there's a few fees on it, but it, it still was cheaper than any parking pass you can find anywhere. That's unreal. Yeah, I, I mean, got two parking passes for under. I think I paid four bucks and six bucks, and there was a two dollar one as well. Well, I I bought tickets for game time for somebody I know for the preseason game, and I'm like, yeah, we'll probably have to look for a parking pass somewhere else. And then I casually search game time, and, and there they were. So literally everything you need for your game day experience, minus you know consuming this podcast, get it through game time. Yeah, game time legit. As I said, my wife took my son to his very first football game on Sunday. Unfortunately, he didn't get that dub. He saw some good football, though, that's for sure. Uh, he may or may not have snoozed in the third quarter. That might have been the reason why the downfall of Cardinals. But Danny Dimes will do that to you. He'll put yeah, you asleep. yeah, he did. Their, their offense certainly did. Uh, but game time legit. Uh, kid also loves bean and cheese burritos, and you can't find one better than our friends over at Burrito Express. Uh, unreal or any of your favorite burritos flavors you can find them at their multiple valley locations including that tempe location go to burrito express of course they support arizona state athletics and their athletes thank you so much for of course for the food they dropped off some burritos earlier this week i was eating on some bean and cheese burritos the og burritos uh, a couple times this week thanks to our friends over at burrito express grab a burrito and follow burrito express on twitter at burrito exp they got some fire sports takes on there and of course they're going to keep you up to date with what they're doing with asu athletics and of course any of their new products that they're dropping in their different locations around the valley 
So I teased in the prior segment um, a stat that I saw on the Twitter suites this morning that I was super impressed by. Like, I know the Cardinals offense struggled in week one, but like in terms of like three and outs, I can't remember too many three and outs outside of when it mattered in the fourth quarter. I get that. You compare this team to last year, it is night and day. This is from Warren Sharp on Twitter as it relates to the the three and outs for all teams this year. (laughs) Drew Petzing's fired up about it. The Cardinals have the fourth fewest three and outs this year of any team. They have six three and outs in two games. Compare that. Pittsburgh has 14. Now, Matt Canada's terrible. He should be fired. Baby hands pick it. I'm not interested. But like Indianapolis, Cincinnati, 13. Jacksonville, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, 12. The Cardinals in two games with a defensive head coach and Josh Dobbs have six three and outs. Like Kingsbury's offense last year, I feel like I'm just making this up on the fly. They had to have been top three in three and outs last year. They literally could not stay on the field offensively. Not only did they have three and outs, the time of possession for those three and outs had to have been like half a minute. Yeah, like I blinked and the defense was back on the field. I'm like, oh, okay, three uh, horizontal screen passes to Rondell Moore, incomplete. Let's get off the field. So I just, that's what happens. You get an offense now that's north and south with, with the run game, and then tight ends are prioritized seam routes down the middle of the field. Yeah. The quarterback's effective. He can be accurate with the football. I'm, I'm really encouraged. I hope they can do it against Dallas. It's a different story. But, like, the DNA of this offense, it is good. Like, trust me when I say that. Do they need better players? Absolutely. But the DNA of this offense, I think, is is something. You just you tune this baby up for when K1 comes back and you, and you win a bunch yeah. of games. Some very encouraging things from the offense, especially in the first half and the start of the second half. And then uh, I think this is where they snapped this picture of Drew Petzing, one of the worst photographed <laughs> pictures I've ever seen in my I entire love life. The we have on what the is show. this? Yeah, what is this picture of, of poor Drew Petzing? Uh, why is he being photographed? It, this looks like Johnny when he saw the score between us and fantasy football. <laughs> I hate you. Three and out. They, they had three three and outs to end the game, and they I have there at least. They were they were back breaking. So what that kind of tells me, and especially when you looked like when you watched the Baldy breakdown, uh, there was one play in particular where they had loaded up. Everybody in the stadium knew they were going to run the football, right? They had three tight ends. They had all three tight ends on their roster, on the field, Zach Ertz, uh, Trey McBride and Jeff Swaim out there. They had their entire offensive line geared up. James Conner was going to run the football and everybody knew it. And what direction do they run? They run to Elijah Wilkinson and Zach Ertz, probably as far as the three tight ends, the the most the least capable as far as blocking prowess of the three tight ends. And they ran there and it's like, okay, let's get back to the kiss method here. Let's keep it simple, stupid. Like, let's go to Will Hernandez and Trey McBride and Paris Johnson's side. Let's not try to outthink things here. Everybody knows you're running the football. They know. So why don't you just run to your strengths instead of your weakest links on on the on the run side? Yeah, get your put away the AARP card with, with Zach Ertz and DJ Humphreys, and let's go behind <laughs> the young players, please. Trey McBride's the best pass-blocking tight end, and Paris Johnson Jr. is a budding star blue-chip player. Respectfully for Zach Ertz and DJ Humphreys, like, you're just trying to get those guys through the season. Can we be frank with that? Staying healthy, and they're good leadership guys. Where's the upside, baby? You know where it is. It's on It's on the right side. They need to, they need to pound Dallas's defensive line. I know it's going to be tough and intimidating. Dan Quinn's big time, but... If we're going to go down, go down with your best players. Like that's again, go down with your skill players that can get you yak 
a la Michael Wilson, can be physical, right? Rondell Moore, let's see what he can do in the open field. I, I just, I, I, I am cautiously optimistic they will do that because each of these first two weeks, like they've made adjustments, right? Like week one, horrific offensive performance. Week two, it's like carries for James Conner went way up. Right. Mm -hmm. Josh Dobbs got better. He's throwing the football downfield. They let him run the football. Now defensively, can you make some tweaks? Right. I I don't know if they have the horses. And that's kind of where I want to transition to, Bo Brock. You had a chance to connect with the Cardinals today. And unfortunately, it looks like they've taken a hit on their defensive line yet again. Yeah, they have. Uh, it was official with Carlos Watkins. They haven't put him on the IR, but he's headed towards surgery, according to Jeremy Fowler. JG confirmed that today. He also confirmed that LJ Collier already had surgery, both bicep injuries. So two of your you know, guys who are going to get in that rotation, one of them a starter, uh, are out. They're, Watkins is destined for the IR uh, if it doesn't happen and come down in, in the next few hours. So that rotation that JG says he wants to have around five, uh, you're searching for people. So we asked Gannon, you know, how does he want to approach this with those two players being out? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, it's just like with Buddha, you know what I mean? Next guy's got to get up and get ready to play. Um, but I uh, feel good about those guys going in. I thought Banks and Stills played pretty well. And then with Carlos going out in the game, you know, that we were a little short there because we'd like to play f with five. Um, so, but I like the five that will be up. Lucky we'll get him back. He'll be out there today. And um, so that'll help us. But I uh, feel good about him. Now, I want to say this, like LJ Collier is considered in Seattle as a first round bust. Okay. Uh, he was a guy that had an encouraging training camp in preseason. You look at like his PFF grades in week one, they, they weren't too impressive. Like he's not a guy that's not uh, irreplaceable, right? I think he, you can find uh, a, a guy that can come in in their rotation and, and replace the productivity that you're going to get from LJ Collier. Carlos Watkins, I think was one of the, Dallas fans were upset when Carlos Watkins signed an under the radar deal this offseason with the Arizona Cardinals. But also at the same time, it's like, you know, it, this isn't Aaron Donald. This isn't Chris Jones. Like you, you can with, with a correct rotation, the correct coaching, you can get guys in there that can be disruptive and do the job necessarily that, that JG and Nick Rollis need from their defense. They just need healthy guys. Right. And they didn't have that on Sunday. They had, they had, uh, they want a rotation of five, as he said in that clip. And they were down to four guys rotating in and out sometimes for three spots. And it showed to be a, a weakness in, in a place that they could expose. And they didn't get pressure in the second half due to that. So like when they have Ben Steely on the roster, when they just signed Jacob Slade, the undrafted free agent out of Michigan state, like I think if they elevate those guys from the practice squad and lucky Foto gets back, they should be fine up front defensively. I don't know about fine. I, I think that they can be, they can manage a game through a couple quarters. There's not I, a massive drop off from where it was a week ago. I don't know. I mean, LJ Collier was, was, was playing better than I thought. He was their best defensive lineman. I thought during preseason, you know, uh, to me, it's, they are interchangeable to some degree and they need to, they scout these practice squads every week. I mean, they got to hoard guys on the defensive line on this roster because you're right. They can't be caught with their, you know, unprepared like they were this past game where you just, you just don't have the bodies and Saquon Barkley is running wild and they, they were worn out. That 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 defense, especially that front seven, they didn't was, really, was he didn't really run. He ran wild and uh, he hit some big runs in the second half. Well, that's what I mean. The second half. Yeah, when the, when the offense was on the field the entire second half, of course, they were they were gassed. But, I mean, it's 
we talked about this in the offseason. Like, I'm not, I'm not surprised this is a problem because they, there was not an opportunity to greatly improve the defensive line. It was a underwhelming defensive line class in free agency. And the draft they like class, those guys, I do. Like, I, I, I think that there is a different thought process when they, when Nick Rollins and Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osfort look at these, these, this defensive line, they don't look at it from the same gaze that you do. That's or, fine. And a lot of people outsiders look at it. Yeah, that's fine. And they they prioritize edge rushers over defensive tackles, three and five techniques. And listen, if they can come up with a plan to be respectable for 17 games with a hodgepodge of just interchangeables, I, I will apologize in January. I feel like in January, though, we're going to be scouting big boards for April of like who's the best five technique or three technique. Because this, well, this should anyway. Need, I mean, I mean, this, this needs strength of Philly. That's, that's what, you know, that was kind of right. Like that's what I'm saying. That, Why would they yeah. get away from that then? Like, I think this is a band-aid for this year. They came up with that rationale in the offseason, like keep guys fresh because it's we can't put it on one guy because that's how people will definitely get worn down because they certainly don't have the talent to play 90 snaps. But no, it to me, it's I I think they'll be okay because to your point, like the talent level was just kind of mad. Although Collier had had if Collier's healthy, Collier is healthy. I, I like this defense much better. Everybody else is is interchangeable, and that includes Lucky Fotu. Like can Lucky Fotu get a sack again? Can he build off of his week one performance? That's a that's a big question mark. Like, was it a mistake to cut Rashad Lawrence now in hindsight? I mean, looked terrible in training camp in the preseason, but like we made an argument, have a body there, right? So I don't know. It's I think as far as scheme fit, I, I just don't think Lawrence fit and will ever will ever fit, right? So I, I just don't think like there should be any, oh, well, we shouldn't let him go. I just don't think he wasn't going to fit. He's never going to fit. Uh, where they like Lecky, and, and Lecky is, is one of those ones, Fotu, where can you trust, if you like a five-guy rotation, do you elevate a guy and make sure you just have a six for backup and learn from your mistake the previous week that if if something happens to Fotu's shoulder that kept him out of last week, you know, you're not down tremendous on the defensive line like you were against the New York Giants where you just couldn't get any pressure at all because you guys had ga- you had guys gasping for air. So do you I think the most depressing aspect is the defensive line looked ahead of schedule against Washington and it's been ripped away. And if you're sell- if you're telling me they can pick up guys over the course of this year and they can supplement and it'll look like a version of that, then okay, like I I'm willing to be proven wrong, but that that defensive line was the catalyst of of that outing in Washington. Yeah, that, those D tackles were outstanding that game, and now a lot of those guys aren't around this year. Yeah, it, I mean this is going to be one of the better. It's it's not in great shape, and and their Dallas has got some injuries across their offensive line, and and the Cardinals have had some fortunate luck. You know, Andrew Thomas was out last week, and Washington's offensive line stinks anyway. But it's it's probably going to be the stronger of the three despite what the, the status is coming in with Dallas. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals, they have to, one thing they can do to really help themselves out is, is just get themselves off the field. Like they can't have breakdown. The New York Jets were on the field for 82 plays defensively last week, which is absurd. Like that's an absurd number. And if, if you're out there, that's going to wear down anybody. Uh, I, I mean, it tells you that everything's like in front of you, right? And you're not giving up big huge uh, explosive plays, but at the same time, it's, it's like what watching advanced Joseph led defense where you're it's death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. You don't want that either. And, and if you want a rotation where guys are fresh, nobody's going to be fresh after that many plays. Let's get to some of these super chats. Start with Sam went digital four ninety nine. Thank you so much, Sam. I'll be at the game on Sunday. Go cards, but my girlfriend is a Cowboys fan. 
wish me luck. Listen, dump her. I'm not, I'm not yeah, I'm not telling yeah, you to dump her. To the curb. Friend, but maybe maybe play the field while you're there. Let her know that you know you've got <laughs> keeping your options open a little bit. But Sam, have a great time. Uh, and hopefully we can we can stick it to some cowboy fans that, that yeah. make the trip to State Farm Stadium. Corey the stew with two dollar super chat. Thank you so much, Corey. Thanks, guys, for the great work. You are most welcome. Welcome. Uh, Kyler is coming soon. I hope so. We, we tried to analyze what soon meant. Uh, I think soon means soon, which is, which is good news because <laughs> it's, not, it's not far, far away. Yeah. I mean, definition of soon, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a long time, right? I, yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. What, what did you major in? I mean, you should be able to break this one down. Are you? I was a broadcast journalism major and I had a minor in English. Uh, yeah. And they, so you should be able to answer this one right off the, I mean, soon. I'm a very learned man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, now I, my wife says I use too many exclamation points. So take that for what, for what it is. Kyler Murray's coming back soon. Exclamation point. Uh, I'll tell you what deserves an exclamation point. How about our friends at Spaghetti Shack? Uh, check them out. The Tempe Queen Creek locations are lit. I live by Queen Creek. I go there early and often. It's my favorite spaghetti place in the entire valley, partially because ASU alum owned and operated. You like spaghetti? You like meatballs? Who doesn't? Gabagool, garlic bread, a few <laughs> other fan favorites. I don't think they have gabagool, but they got everything else. Uh, <sighs> they've just they've got one mission, guys. It's provide quality, affordable food as quickly as possible so that you can spend less time cooking and more time hanging with your loved ones, maybe watching Cardinal football. If you don't have tickets to the game this weekend, how about load up on Spaghetti Shack, watch the game here locally, and uh, it's great. I'm so into Spaghetti Shack and our many partners because they emphasize everything that we want, community-focused, fan-flippantastic. <laughs> They're celebrating, by the way, their new ASU location with a grand opening, and you need to get out there. It is in Tempe at ASU's campus, spaghetti and meatballs, three ninety nine, garlic bread. Uh, they're on Apache Boulevard in Tempe. Uh, I know it's become one of the hottest spots for for kids on uh, ASU's campus. I would have loved uh, my college my college days to have a spaghetti shack, but now even better, we get it when we're thirty. Spaghetti shack is fantastic. <laughs> Check them out now. You won't be sorry that you did. I mean, we used to have to boil water and, and make the spaghetti our, on our on our own, and right. that yeah. nobody wants to do that. I know it's easy, but Spaghetti Shack they take, you know, the traditional delicious spaghetti, and they've got even a better spin on it. Apache boat, Apache doesn't. I don't even recognize it any longer. It's unbelievable all the stuff that's out there on Apache. Yeah, I want to shack up with Spaghetti Shack if you know all what right. I mean. Just cool. love, love all to right. see it. <laughs> that's kind of odd it's kind of weird this is like it's uh this is phnx cardinals after dark again i love it fire fire gut just throwing up about eight exclamation points in support of johnny venerable uh <laughs> excitable johnny lol too many exclamation points boston port fort saying yeah this is a learned podcast no doubt about it we are uh we're learned edu educated gentlemen on this on this podcast educated educated absolutely producer damon uh you're not going to find anything that's uh higher brow than this uh you see these books on this shelf the <laughs> i don't think i ever. see one is there one I, book on that shelf it's, there's two books here and then there's a cassette tape of roadhouse these are where my priorities oh. are folks uh we've got folks in the chat asking us to talk about what's happening in chicago uh, let's touch on that. But first I want to tell you guys about go phnx.com become a diehard. This is my favorite t-shirt. I think we all, 
because I think it's all encompassing of what we're about. Southwest bias, Arizona sports bias, right here, baby. You can get it for free by becoming a diehard at gophnx.com. Check out the merchandise locker. Pick up this T-shirt and or hat. Our hats are absolutely on point, as is our Greg Dorch T-shirt for the Greg Dorch All Purpose Podcast. And uh, we're collaborating behind the scenes on a special brand new T-shirt for this pod. So load up on the gear now, and then hopefully in the near, not too distant future, we can debut a new T-shirt for everybody to go cop. But uh, again, check them out. Howard Balzer dropped a new article at gophnx.com today for free. Love to see that. Gerald Borgay cranking out everything you need to get you primed up and ready to go for the Phoenix Suns debut next month. And how about our guy Jesse doing a fantastic job covering the uh, potential wild card berth for our precious Diamondbacks. All that and more. Go phnx.com. Oh, and phnx Coyotes is in Australia right now. Oh, yeah. So no the coverage from down under. Uh, you've got, of course, Craig Morgan and Liam Merrill there. Petey doing his own thing right now as they they, they left him out, I, which I think was dirty. They're dirty dogs uh, that made their way to Australia without our beloved Petey, who does incredible work. But you can find all that all the ins and outs from what's going on in Australia. Uh, go phnx.com. We're also giving everybody an opportunity to win two tickets to this week's game against the Dallas Cowboys at State Farm Stadium. Thanks to our friends over at BetMGM. This is simple. This is all you have to do. You just go, uh, you go to, don't we have the QR code? Do we not have that? That's the watch party. That's uh, at BetMGM. I think you got the ticket with the QR code. There it is. Ticket giveaway for September 24th. The drawing is going down a couple days from now. So you have time to get in, scan the QR code here on the screen, sign up for our daily newsletter, which are legit. It's sent to your email box and you'll be entered to win to uh, go to the Cowboys Cardinals game, state farm stadium. Don't want to miss out on a pair of great tickets to the upcoming home game and be a part of the Red Sea, be a part of the solution, drowning out the away fans that there's way too many of them each and every home crowd. Uh, people being smart asses in the chat saying these are cat in a hat books on my shelf. I don't think so, Dylan. I read chapter books. Uh, everybody <laughs> on shop first. Justin Fields is a bust. Nothing new in Chicago. Marco saying they're getting Caleb. So we have this graphic from yesterday. If you missed yesterday's show, that is I think reigns true even more so with the dumpster fire in Chicago. How about the odds to get the number one overall pick bull Brock? This is from FTN fantasy on Twitter. The Cardinals mm-hmm. 39%, the bears 33. Now this is all encompassing with the Cardinals two picks, one coming from Houston and then potentially the bears pick coming from Carolina. Um, I mean, I, after what I heard and saw today out of Chicago, flip these odds because I think the Cardinals are going to win more games than the bears and they play each other. CJ Stroud, unfortunately looks much more competent than whatever the hell is going on with Frank Wright and the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Bryce Young looks small. He's already banged up. He may not play this week, bull fucking shit. The people who said he was Kyler Murray 2.0, the Chicago bears to me are the, the Arizona Cardinals circa 2022 and, and strap up. It's a, when your franchise mm-hmm. operates this way, it's a long year. It took years off. Myself and my co-host life last year when it came to the situation with the Cardinals running back coach, with their right. offensive line coach, with right. Hollywood Brown's arrest, right? Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury not speaking to each other. Steve Kime was MIA. It's like TMC constantly surrounding this team. And unfortunately for our friends at CHGO, that's what it feels like with the Chicago Bears right now. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I mean, who knows what to make of what was reported, what was misreported. 
from the situation with their defensive coordinator. Uh, I saw Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus just say, "Hey, take a beat on this one. Don't even make fun of this yeah. because we're, you know, what could potentially come out of that uh, is not something to make light of. So we're gonna we're gonna pause on that, but." It just all the all the way around just this function and uh it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel anywhere i mean you did have justin fields i think he held like a media scrum after his 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 media availability at the podium where he felt like he was misquoted uh, about his comment on on the coaching could be a factor how you know he was going to go out there and he was just going to have him play or, or whatever i'm paraphrasing and then somebody followed up you know what 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 could be a factor in you not, you know, being success successful. And he, he said coaching. And then he went back on those comments and said, he takes all of, of course, responsibility for uh, their ineffective play this year. It's crazy because I, I think there are some parallels, not with Kyler Murray and Justin Fields, but like with the dynamic with Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were not speaking last year. They were buffering with their quarterback coach. I mean, like Justin Fields, whether he's lost all confidence, all confidence in that offense, I mean, it, it is it is a stark, stark difference from what they were last year when he's running all over the place to now it's like they try to turn him into something he's not. And yeah, I feel for the Chicago Bear fans because that team had an over-under Bull Brock of eight and a half this year. And I'm like, I'm thinking about what was the Cardinals over-under for last season? It was eight and a half. I mean, the, the the two situations could not be any more parallel. I know, like, there's, there's one every year, isn't there? I mean, yeah, it, it does feel like. Well, the Cardinals at least had gone to the playoffs the year before with Kyler Murray, and they had a little bit of momentum that they had re signed their head coach and their GM, but it really felt like, and again, I, I'm guilty of it too. I drafted Justin Fields in our fantasy league, and I'm paying dearly now, but it felt like they were anointed because Rodgers left the division and it just hasn't been earned. Like, they, they hadn't proven anything. Well, the blueprint's out, right? I mean, Todd Bowles put double spy on Justin Fields. He had three yards rushing in that game against the Bucs. I mean, the, he can't even play to his strength, which is is running the football. Teams are just like, okay, if we're going to get beat by Justin Fields, he's going to do it with his arm. And I don't think he's capable of doing that right now schematically and as far as his ability to, to read defenses and make the throws necessary. And that's something that people discounted way too much this offseason expecting the jump from Justin Fields. It just, there hasn't been any tape out there that, that should have told you like, Hey, this is something that's on the rise and it's just going to work because this is what, you know, everybody out of Chicago is telling you is going to happen with this offense. I mean, it, it just doesn't work that way. It's not going to be as clean and, and as buttoned up come draft season. If we're sitting here and the bears and the Cardinals have the top four picks like, is there? Do you feel like there's a possibility that could happen? The, the, the Bears and the Cardinals have the top four picks. Yeah, in the draft, that would be pretty unprecedented. But here's here's what I'll say about that, and, and it was wouldn't be one of my points anyways. It's something that we had not warned people about, but basically said all these people saying that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be winless this season and they're going to be by far the worst team in the league, and their pick is going to be the number one pick. And it, you, it's it very rarely is that team that's the leader in the clubhouse going into the season, right? Because there are teams like we just pointed out year in and year out that just, just collapse. Like the floor that they're standing underneath just completely falls from out from under them. And like, we thought it was going to be the Raiders and, and they're a little bit better than that. It, this year, it really feels like the bears and for things to be going as South as quickly as they already have, like, 
who would you rather be right now? The Arizona Cardinals that have been in two competitive games have had some decent quarterback play, especially in the most recent game with Joshua Dobbs or what happened in Chicago where they've, they haven't been competitive at all. They lost to Tampa Bay and they lost their season opener. They got their doors blown off by Jordan love and the green Bay Packers. I, I think like the Arizona Cardinals have at least shown they can be competitive where the bears. I just don't, it hasn't been. Yeah, Matt Eberflus is three and sixteen. I, I think you make an argument. He's he's one of the worst coaches, if not the worst coach in the NFL. Like Jonathan Gannon, I've seen much more in two games than I've seen in nineteen games for Matt Eberflus. Uh, if they are competing for the top five picks in the draft, they might be competing for the same player. We know the Bears were sniffing around Paris Johnson Jr. last spring, and that required the Cardinals to trade up. Could they be sniffing around a similar player in the Midwest again at tackle? Uh, I want to start a segment. I'm going to I'm going to start it right now, Bill Brock. It's called "Is This Good?" <laughs> Damon Dog put up the graphic. Is this good? How about Joe Alt of Notre Dame? He hasn't allowed a single pressure this season. Is this good? Do you like six seven left tackles? Is this good? Uh, I think this is good, Bill Brock. This is indeed very good. Joe Alt is a very good football player. Well, we were watching the Irish play from Ireland in what, week zero, and you've got to see him play the last couple of weeks as well. Man, he's an absolute monster. And if they were to make the decision, if one of their two first-round picks to go back-to-back years with franchise-caliber uh, tackles, yeah, I would not, I would not poo-poo it at all. I would, I would embrace that. To have Paris Johnson and Joe Alt on the same offensive line, maybe Alt plays the left tackle spot and Paris Johnson stays at the right tackle spot or flip-flop it. I don't care what it is. Those are two uh, incredible building blocks, especially in the trenches to move forward with. 112 snaps this year. No pressures allowed. And they're, Notre Dame's playing real teams. They play Ohio State this weekend. I mean, it's just... It's going to be a love fest for your boy. Marvin won possession, Marvin Harrison Jr. Then you flip the script, and then there's Joel at the next possession. I mean, it's it's going to be a game we talk about, certainly on the PHNX Prospects edition of PHNX Cardinals. Again? Is it good? Yeah. Is it good? Yes, it is good. It is <laughs> a stamp of approval by this podcast. Um, you guys absolutely crushed it today. 234 of you. Everybody do me a favor. Hit that like button down below. Subscribe to PHNX Sports. Bo, you let me know. Just crossed 17,000 subscribers here on the old YouTube page. And what could make that day even better? Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts, my friend. Yes, do that. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. It gets us in more ears uh, around the Valley and, and Cardinals fans around the nation. Puts us right there where you need to be as far as Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. It just helps out the brand. I love Pat McAfee. Be a friend, tell a friend about this uh, this humble little podcast that that likes to have really groundbreaking segments like, is this good? And <laughs> a podcast that uh, is so, so eloquent with their work. That's words. why we save it for the 60th minute of the show, Bo, because <laughs> what everybody's waiting for, is this good with Johnny and Bo? Yes, it is. Joe all is good. Yes, he is. Just an absolute mammoth of a man. You don't think so. Look, if, if say the unprecedented happens and there's two teams within the top five picking four of those picks, right? And don't you look at one of the, you, you got to use one of them on the defensive side of the, no, 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 no. I was having this conversation with somebody else. 
you lean you into talk the somebody else, you talk Cardinals football with somebody else yeah I know you're not the only number in my phone bro uh I talk Cheating. I talk Cardinal football with anybody who wants but that's why my DMs are open <laughs> you lean into the strength of the draft and if uh-huh. the strength of the draft is offensive players a la quarterback wide receiver and tackle beggars can't be choosers you take it you got 12 picks if they're not putting a priority on defensive tackles right now, they used a top 40 pick on BJ Ojolari. Like, don't force it. Don't take don't take a, an ACC defender over Joel. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I'm just not. <laughs> Jessica, it's like Bo, Joe Bo knows what they're doing. Of course, that's our, uh, our podcasting power couple name, Joe Bo, Johnny, and Bo. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Jessica. And then Red Dog Roadhouse Remake. Thank you for the $2 super chat. Is this good? Who's who is in who's playing Patrick Swayze in the Roadhouse remake? Jake Gyllenhaal's playing Patrick Swayze. Out, out. I'm out of that. <laughs> How dare they? That is blasphemous. There will never be another oh. one of this right here. <laughs> one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think they should leave better enough alone. And um, I <laughs> like Jake Gyllenhaal. Johnny is Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse to ACC talent. He's out there just kicking ass, not letting them into Throat the club. Oh, <laughs> get out of my top five pick. That's, that's what I said last year about Tyree Wilson. Big 12 pass rushers, ACC defensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Check some boxes. Out there with his tight jeans on, just kicking ass and ripping throats. Oh, the name's Dalton. That's right, Hanshaw first. The name's Joel, <laughs> and I don't allow pass uh, pressure is this good yes it is good uh you guys have been fantastic today thank you so much to a new friend a permanent friend of the program mr brian baldinger of does he NFL know that network does he he's know going, that he's officially a friend of the program he was friends with me before he jumped on we we talked pre-show and i i confirmed that he and i are buddies um but i you know you're kind of in no man's land he and i have actually talked i i should bring this up on the cardinal sideline before i'm sure he doesn't know who the hell i am but yeah we are friends now yes it looks like Monsters Inc., like the two characters in Monsters Inc. When you guys are on the sidelines, okay, bro, just taking shots. Saying <laughs> I go to curves, saying Monster, Mom, I'm Sully, and what's his name from Monsters Inc. You and Baldy. I didn't know sideline. I was gonna go on the show and just catch heat from my guy left and right today. <laughs> this is the kind of show I want to do. It's all Absolutely. love. It's all love. We have no, a good none time. Of this love. I hate it here. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Leave us a five-star. Brian Baldinger, a gem of a man, coming on with us every single week here on PHNX Cardinals. I would say for Bo Brock, but no, no, no. Follow me at Johnny Venerable. Follow my guy, Damon. Damon Dog behind the mic, crushing it as always. We're back on Friday. Off tomorrow, back for a Football Friday preview show. Cowboys at Cardinals. See you then.